it's so funny because I so didn't care. They were like, oh, did you come? And I was like, no. <laughs> I so didn't care. And I was like, no. And then they still didn't call me. And I was like, oh, you still didn't call me? <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I am so excited for this episode today. I have a special guest that is absolutely hilarious. We recorded this episode about a week ago and I was dying. So I'm going to keep this intro nice and short so we can get right into the main content. But I just I wanted to give you guys kind of a quick update. For those of you who may be wondering where Jared is, he's going to be back on an episode next week. So if you've been missing him, don't worry, he will be back. Um, in terms of my dating life, it is still very non-existent, which I'm sure comes to no surprise to anyone listening to this podcast or in my life, period. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very interesting. This is probably the longest span that I've gone with no like potential guys, no potential dates, nobody reaching out, nobody texting out of the blue. I mean, I'm talking nothing, like nada, nilch. And it feels really good. Like I must be putting out this aura of like, don't mess with me right now because I'm not in the state of wanting to date anyone, especially with how the world is right now. I feel lonely sometimes, but I'm so thankful that I have my family. And it's very interesting, like in our episode today, my guest and I talk a lot about how we don't want to settle. And I'm sticking to that. Like, I don't want to settle. And so I'm going to keep working on myself so that I exude what I want to bring into my life. Like, what I mean by that is that my character, my confidence, my drive, all of that is on point so that a person who also has those things is going to be attracted to that and is going to come into my life. So I'm cool with just kind of working on me and spending time with my family. Um, I am in the process of moving back into my parents' house. We talked as a family and just felt like that was the best decision for now. And that feels like a good decision. It's a really easy move. I'm just moving the room that I'm in over to my parents' room. And I'm getting to the point where I'm ready to start looking for my own place in the summer. So I'm really excited about that. It's been a year since I've been on my own. And I definitely enjoy having my own space. But I think right now with the quarantine and the lockdown, it feels really nice just to kind of be with my parents and help them with their groceries. And my mom and I have been binging Ozark, which is shocking for my mother. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of late to the game in a lot of things. Like I was late to the game in Ozark, which is a fantastic show. If you haven't started it, I'm on season two. It's so good. And then another thing that happened this week that's really big is I finally downloaded TikTok. 
<laughs> and I actually, it's so funny, my younger friend, Megan, she had to send me a tutorial of how to use TikTok because I just, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand, like, how were these people learning these dances and how did they have the same music in the background? Um, and it's funny because I used to make fun of TikTok, but now I spent like an hour and a half scrolling through it and just mesmerized by these videos and I cannot wait to make some of my own. If you are not a TikTok fan, I totally understand because I wasn't either five hours ago, but now I am a huge fan. And if you want to see some TikTok videos, make sure you follow my Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast and at Leanna or underscore Leanna Joan. Oh, and you can actually follow my TikTok page, which is at Leanna Joan as well. So, you know, not dating anyone, but downloaded TikTok. It sounds like it's like a win-win. Yeah, I think that's it for my life. But I will talk really quick about a partner for the episode. Thank you to VFresh for partnering with Hello and Goodbye. VFresh is a company that provides natural solutions for vaginal health. They have a couple of really great products. VCleanse, which are boric acid suppositories, can be used to treat and prevent yeast and bacterial infections. And then their V-Tract is a product that provides support for the bladder, for UTIs, and is just a great product that can also help treat and prevent. So obviously, if you're having these symptoms and you're using these products and your symptoms aren't going away, please see a doctor. But I think this is a great natural solution for these. And personally, because I have had a lot of infections in the past, boric acid suppositories were a great solution. If you haven't tried them, I highly recommend it just basically helps balance your pH. So yeah, if you guys are interested in these products, visit www.vfresh.com. V is spelled V-E-E and use code all capital letters. Hello 2020 for 10% off your order. All right, we are going to dive right in. Make sure you stick around after because my sister is coming back on. We are going to play a new segment called Netflix and Chillin' Teen. So I'm really excited about that. But I'm excited to introduce this guest to you. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. And here we go. All right, guys. Well, I'm so excited to introduce my guest to you today. She is a comedian whose album Maximum Occupancy debuted at number one on Amazon and is currently available on all streaming platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. She's also the co-producer of Whiskey and Donuts Comedy, a monthly show in LA, which will be live again when quarantine life ends. Please welcome Jackie Gold. Yay! Oh, thank you for the applause and ovations. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, how'd you get so I many know. people into this room? <laughs> and is there somebody else the here right now? You. Barbie! Barbie made it! <laughs> Thanks, Barbie. You got so dressed up for this. That's my live-in maid, Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you have a live-in maid. That, that comedian life is yes. really getting you... Uh, yeah. Don't worry about what anyone said. We don't need any money raised for us. We're doing just fine. Was that sarcasm? Yes. <laughs> okay, so tell a little bit, because I don't know a lot about you, and obviously my listeners are probably 
don't know a lot about like, you. So tell us this? like, right. <laughs> you well, said like, she was number one on number Amazon. Four. We've never heard of her. No, I mean, I don't mean like that. <laughs> but um, so where were you born? How did you get to LA? What is your life like now? I was about to do the hackiest thing of like, how did I get to LA? Plane. Um, I grew up, you don't have to laugh at that. I don't need, don't need the, the pity laugh. Also, the, the laugh is on delay. So it actually sounds like we have an audience. Because I see you laugh, but then I don't hear it for like another three seconds. So I almost feel like it's like a stadium of people. I know. We're a little delayed back and forth. We're like weird CNN reporters where like one of us is in Kuwait. <laughs> these are like, these are like our parents That's, using Zoom. Then we're just, yeah. <laughs> and we're just as important doing what we're doing now as the reporters in Kuwait. I, I would say it's equivalent. Like what we're doing right now is <laughs> healing the world. Yeah. I mean, I spent like 45 minutes creating a thirst trap video on Saturday. And like, I mean, that's really what our world needs. I've spent this, how I've been spending quarantine is getting dressed up, spending an hour and a half. I've put on lashes and weaves, like full extensions to put on dresses to do a 30 second Instagram of like outfits of Corona and like <laughs> getting dressed up in like the ball gowns that I have, ball gowns, the, the, <laughs> the dresses that I wear to weddings that aren't my own. I literally spent an hour and a half getting dressed to do a 30 second video on Instagram <laughs> to feel like but I it, did something with my day. Yeah. It's all we have though. All it's all I'm living for. Yeah. I almost want to catch Corona cause it's the only thing I can catch. It's the only, it's the only time I can ever <laughs> catch something. It's the only thing I can get to stay with me for 14 days. See, yeah, I think I scared Corona away because that's yeah. kind of my MO. They all also, run away from me Corona's as fast like, as they can. There's too much wine in this system. We can't survive. <laughs> wine, both W-I-N-E and W-H-I-N-E. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I am I'm, a little, I'm a little needy. Are you? A little bit. I'm like, I'm neurotic, but not like, but in different neurotics. Like I'm not neurotic about coronavirus. Like I, I'm, I recognize that it's a threat and I'm being very good, but I don't, I haven't spiraled too many times like Corona wise. I'm mm -hmm. more of like anxiety about like everything afterwards. Like what's life after type of yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Well, and how yeah. has it affected your life? Honestly, I'm embarrassed to say not much. I really, it's, I find it very embarrassing. Most artistic types are like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not working. I'm sleeping all day. I'm watching TV. I'm like, that's what I do. Like four out of set, four days of the week. Like it's actually embarrassing. Like how lazy I am. I'm actually, everyone's like, I've never been this lazy. I'm like, oh, this is my normal. <laughs> I, I actually, I wish I could say I didn't lose that much work. I didn't have that much booked. I'm kind of just doing what I normally do. It's it's just the only option is like I can't like buy a sweater or like a lamp somewhere. It's like, uh, like honestly, it's very much my day to day. Okay, so it hasn't affected you much. Is the comedian like your your job at the whiskey and donuts? Is that that was really that's that bums me out that we we can't do the shows. Yeah. Cause yeah. we've been running, it's been, we, we're about like two years old as far as like a show that we do in LA. We do it like monthly and it's, 
it's successful. Like, I mean, we're not like, you know, huge numbers, but we have a really fun show that we run. And like, I do it with my a partner of mine, Marina. And so that kind of bums me out because that's like something I look forward to like all the time doing. And it's like this thing yeah. we've been building for so long. So I don't know. We've been, we've been talking about like finding a way to stream it, but um, we're lazy. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't figured it out. <laughs> we haven't done it. <laughs> but nobody knows how long it took us to make this work. I mean, I don't know how. Her, I mean, this is two of us. Marina, I don't know how Marina and I would be able to manage like six people separately <laughs> it, it would be I feel like it'd be a disaster but our friend Steve yeah, we were, figures it out and I'm like I, I don't know how I know he's like a tech wizard that, it's amazing the way his brain works to like I think don't... of resourcefulness in times like my brain I, I'm such a sheep in that way where like until other people do it then I'm like oh that's something we can do kudos to him yeah 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 if you guys don't know Steve Hofstetter is a comedian who um he had like a big tour he was doing this year and it obviously got canceled and so he figured out a way to like stream on like full-on online shows yeah he's doing like almost like what would be a full show in a venue he's doing it online yeah Yeah, so you guys can find him on on youtube and um hofstetter hof he doesn't need any help you don't need that you he's doing fine Okay, don't look him up then. Fine. <laughs> just, just look up look up Jackie and follow my podcast. Yeah, I, I plugged the one thing I had. Now let's just talk about Steve. That's what I really that's that's why Steve recommended me for this. He's like Jackie could talk about me for an hour and a half. Okay, so back to, back to where me. are you from? Uh yes. Uh I grew up, I was born and raised in Brooklyn in New York. Okay. And then I yeah, your and accent then, can we can yeah. tell. And especially like anytime I'm in like show mode, like talking to people now, like we are, or like performing, it just gets Jewier. <laughs> like the, everyone's like, is that a New York accent? I'm like, it's just Jewish. Like this is, it's interchangeable to me. Yeah. Okay. So you're from Brooklyn. You're Jewish. Yeah. How did you become a comedian? How did I become a comedian? Um, there's like the very general, like standard answer of like, I was always part of who I am which is very true. It, it very much was like, also I've had this voice since I was like seven. So I always, like, I've never smoked, but I've had chain smoker voice since, since I was like a kid. So even in that, I think you have a sexy voice. Thank you. You know that I had a, it's only weird now when I think about this, I had a cousin, like a grown adult, like parental age cousin. So he was like 50 when I was like seven. And he was like, you have the voice of a phone sex operator. <laughs> and I remember like not quite knowing what it was, but like knowing what it was. And I was like, oh, thanks. But only now I'm like, oh, that was a really weird comment for, for someone to make to a child. Like I would, like, I'm not a lesbian, but if I were, like, I would want to date you. Well, thank you. Yeah. If, if I was a lesbian, I don't think I would be my type. <laughs> well, which, what would be your type if you were a You lesbian? know what? I know exactly who my type would be because I have a friend of mine who's a musician and I, I did a music video of hers and the director was, was this lesbian and she was this Ruby Rose type where I, I can't quite explain her. She's like on Orange is the New Black where it's like, She's femme, but she's masculine. 
And she's just like, you know, like in the leather jacket with like this like greasy. I don't know. There's something about her. She had this like aura of like, I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. And just like, just chill. And I was like, oh my God. Like I felt this need for her to like me. I like felt this need to like impress her. And I was like, oh my God, if I was a lesbian, I would need to date this woman. Like I found myself flirting with her without even like meaning to where you're just like, ah, please. Like, like, like kind me. of like the like the dominatrix kind of woman no just this like she it was just this I I I guess I always in general my type is the kind where I I feel like they don't open up to everybody but like they're the introverts that only like will only open to you like you have to work really hard yeah like that like it's special that like if they confide in you it's like you know them and nobody else does and I feel like she had had that vibe so even in in women, it had nothing to do with like I think her appearance. That was a little masculine, which helped. But it was that aura of like if you got to know her, you were it was like special. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Um, but I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah. So short answer: this was always me. Like this personality was always has been consistent yeah. my entire life. So, but. I had moved out to LA for acting and um, there was a strike that went on in like 2008. So not a lot was happening. So then um, a friend of mine, like as a challenge at the time was like, well, she assumed I did stand up, and I was like, Oh, how did I tell you that I was thinking about that? And she was like, no, but I think like you, you should. Um, And I was around comedy all the time. I was watching comedy and I would find that when a comic was on stage, they would start a joke and my brain would finish it. And sometimes my brain would finish it funnier than like, I was like, Oh, if they just would have said this, this would have been so much funnier. Mm, interesting. So that is just kind of like how it had started. Yeah. So, kind of so yeah. So when did it become like your full time, like full force you were in it? Pretty much from the beginning. But I think that there were like a lot of, there was a lot of lazy time in between. So like if I say that I've been doing stand up like 10 years, if I added up all the wasted time, like there were a lot of times where like I wasn't working as hard as I should be or like really dropping the ball, not really doing it. So it's probably honestly like a good two to three years of like wasted time, you know, or like things happen in personal life where I'm like, oh, right, not, not doing anything, you know, like <laughs> there was like a time I was in a relationship. So I lost about a year of doing shows. Then the relationship ended and I lost a year of doing shows from like depression of it. So it's like yeah. if I add up all like the wasted time, there's probably like two to three like wasted years in there too. Um, but yeah. it was pretty much from the beginning. Like I did it. I knew I was good at it. Once you decide to make it a business, it stops being fun. It's not fun. Mm. Once, like the business end of it is not enjoyable and I'm not good at it. Mm. I'm not good at the, I probably, if I was better at the business end, I'd probably be a lot more successful. Are you working on a new album currently or like what projects are you working on? So I am writing a lot now too. Um, because the album the album was like a culmination of like the first 10 years where some of the jokes on that album, I also hadn't said in years too, but I knew that if I didn't get them out now, they were never going to be told again. Mm -hmm. So the beginning and the end of the album were things that were new ish at the time. So some of those jokes still kind of make their way around the rest of the album, like the rest of the album. No. Um, But everything now is, yeah. So writing more and like finishing up like pilot scripts and, and things like that. What are the pilots that you're working on? It's my own. It's just, it's some, it's ideas that I've been sitting on forever that I have just put off or, 
you know, self, what do they say when you're like, not self deprecate, but like when you push yourself down, like imposter syndrome, where I'm like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a writer. Like I don't write scripts. And then I'm like, why am I not writing scripts? So, um, and people right. have asked me for years, like a lot of people have been like, Hey, if you, whatever you have, like I'll read whatever you have. And I've been like, oh, okay. And then not done it. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So you have a lot of like opportunity within all of that. And it's just kind of like, and I'm I mean, just I, I can't, it. <laughs> people are only going to believe I'm 28 for so long. I'm really wasting it. How, how old are you? Well, it's like I'm in LA 28 to 35. <laughs> Are you allowed to have a 20 year age range on your resume? Sure. <laughs> well, I'm the Andrea Zuckerman of comedy. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm somewhere in between this. If you guess the right yeah. number, you can hire me. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like, they're like, we need someone to play 14. I'm like, that's me. And then they're like, um, I think you're going to play her grandmother. Like I'm, I'm pretty much every day. I just become more Blanche from golden girls where the <laughs> denial level is so high because of quarantine. I sprayed brown spray to cover up grays because they Stop it. were so, I was like, Oh, the lighting, they're going to see my grays. So wait, hold on. Br- brown spray? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you would use a blondish spray. I had to use a brown spray. Like a dry shampoo spray? Yeah, but one that's not like actual shampoo. It's literally just like a bre- like it's literally like when I go in the shower, brown like paint is going to rinse off my body. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Are you single? I Are you dating? Single. I'm dating. Like I'm not actively dating anybody at the moment. I actually, during quarantine, while most people are like fully hitting the dating apps, I deleted. Yeah. Same. I deleted. I'm like, this is, yeah. I also like, I haven't had any good luck. Like the people I see coming up are atrocious and I'm like, this is a waste of time. It's dating apps are so hard because it's, it's like, it's either, you get like a couple good ones and that keeps you going or like you just hit shit after shit after shit. And it's like, why am I wasting my time on this? Mine is a lot of like me rationalizing and being like, Oh, I mean, I guess I could maybe see something like, all right, this maybe like, and convincing myself to say yes on an app as opposed to like actually wanting. So then we match and the person messages me and I see the message and I'm like, I have zero desire to, talk to this person. Why am I, why am I doing this? So I was going to ask you when you do dating apps, what apps do you use? I'd only recently have used one, which was hinge. Um, Okay. Yeah. In like the past, like years and years ago, I did like the J date and I think I did the J swipe for a little bit. Are you familiar with those? Those are like Jewish ones. I know. Um, I think I I follow a joke. I think I follow J. Sorry, go ahead. No, I had a joke about J-Date. I totally forgot it existed, but I think it's on the album. <laughs> Do you want to say it for us? No. It's uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just basically that the options on a site, like they're just as terrible as you you would imagine. Like, oh. <laughs> like and then they like, give you like they give you uh like suggested sentences to say to people on the Jewish ones, and they're honestly like 
I like you locks and locks. That was one. Like I like, and I was like, oh, are we talking to ourselves in stereotypes? Like, is that what we're doing? <laughs> like it was, let me play with your matzo balls. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was bad. How do you, how do you feel about dating non-Jewish guys? Now I really won't. You I mean, won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, now, like if I was to, if I was to hook up with someone who wasn't Jewish, it would just be that. Like it would just be sex a hookup but even now mm -hmm. I'm like oh I'm too tired for that like I'm too old and tired for that shit now so like now like I won't actually go on a date with someone unless they're unless they're Jewish and like okay. and I mean and on the Jewish level doesn't even have to be high like I just need you to be technically Jewish like I don't even care now it could be even be father's side like I don't honestly it doesn't even <laughs> matter can I if I could at least just be like like you're okay with this you mostly identify as Jewish okay <laughs> have you been to a therapist sometime in your life do you have an allergy oh my gosh date. yes <laughs> okay so hold on okay I have one more question then I want to go back to the therapy thing um would you date another comedian I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I've never really have, so I, I don't. I've never done it before. I know a lot of people say not to, but then I probably think, mm -hmm. if anything, I feel like all the things you're attracted to in people are usually what comedians have. Like usually, people mm -hmm. are like I want someone who's smart and has a good sense of humor. Well, if someone is a good comic, they're usually smart and they have a good sense of humor. And for the most part, they would understand the line of work. Um, mm -hmm. The only real negative I could think of would be with the competitiveness of it. Mm -hmm. Like I know, like mm -hmm. you know, feeling like if you weren't the successful one in the in the relationship. Yeah, I could see that. I I would think. Well, for me, like not a comedian, like I think it would be so fun to be with a comedian. You know, but I, but you also hear the stereotype of like, it's really hard to be with a comedian because of their lifestyle. And yeah. a lot of comedians need more therapy. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like I was, I had dated someone. One of my longest relationships was I was dating somebody who works in the business. Like he himself is not a comic, but he worked in the business. And so he worked alongside like a bunch of comics, knew everything about the business of it. But like when we were dating, the life of it was, did not work for him. It, it just didn't like, you know, he was successful in his own right. So the idea to him that he's like, it's 10 o'clock and my girlfriend's out at a bar. Like, it's not that idea of it wasn't like, you know, great. Or, you know, knowing, even though like, you know what part of the hustle it is, but like knowing that someone's going to be gone two weekends a month, maybe more or whatever it is, it's, it's not necessarily a lifestyle most people and especially if a guy is successful, because then usually they're not, they're not usually willing to bend. I find that men are not right. usually uh, malleable and especially I the agree. older they get. So now like if I'm in my, <laughs> and then <laughs> like, I like, I like men who are, you know, older thirties to like forties for the most part, they're successful. So they're not willing to switch up their routine. So it's, it's just like the, the anxiety of that, like, is like, okay, well, like now I have to juggle, do what, do I do what's right for you? Or do I do what's right for me? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a hard balance. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that like, and I've, and I've said this on a couple of my other episodes, but I feel more comfortable. So I'm 33. I feel more comfortable dating men who are much younger because I feel like there's less, like less pressure on me to be a certain like way and to act a certain way. And I can just say whatever I want. And I don't feel like they're trying to like wrangle me into their bubble. And I feel like with, when I date an older guy who's stuck in his ways and you know, like the worst, the red flag to me is like, yeah, I'm like 39 and I've never been married, never been engaged. I don't have any kids. And I'm like, but why? You know? And it's like, because in a few years, that's what people are going to say about me. No. Well, (laughs) okay. I think it's different for men. I don't know. I just, I think it's, I think with men, like you said, women are more malleable. And I think with men, they, the more they're alone or don't commit and have kind of that, have you heard of attachment theory? Yes. Excuse me. I just burped, but I don't know who like attached to who. Okay. So there's like three styles. There's three styles of attachment and relationship. And there's um, a, a anxious, secure, and avoidant. So usually what I've found with men who are like have been single for a long time and can't seem to commit and can't seem to settle down, they're very avoidant. And if you read the book Attached, th- literally what it says in the book is the only way to get past being avoidant is to go to therapy. The ones I've dated who have needed therapy the most are the most avoidant to it. Yes. Yes. The ones that are like, nope, nobody can judge me. Like I won't, like I'm not paying money for a stranger to judge me. Yada, 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 yada. I mean, I don't want to be put in a box. I was avoidant of therapy for a while. I always, it's interesting because so many Jews are therapists, but no Jews want to admit they need therapists. (laughs) It's like Jewish way of life is like, everything's okay over here. We're perfect. Nothing's wrong in our family. Because like, if you have to admit you need therapy, it means that something isn't perfect, you know, and no, no, no Jewish mom or family ever wants to admit that. So when did you start doing therapy? Um, when did I start? Maybe 2014, I want to say. So oh, I thought you were going to say when you were like 24 and I'm like, damn, you've been doing therapy a long time. No, no, like four years. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, 2000, sorry, 2014. Okay. I think that's about when I started too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Like I, every guy that I get serious with now, like I, it will be an expectation that he is doing therapy. And if we were to get married, that we would do therapy as a couple. Even when things are good. Even when things are good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think, did I ever get in, have I gotten any of my issues resolved in therapy? I don't think so. I'm actually someone who gets anxious about, like, I'm such a people pleaser that I get anxious going to therapy because I don't think I have, I don't think I'm worthy enough to go to therapy. Like, I'm like, oh, my issues aren't big enough. I feel bad that I'm taking you from like somebody else. I, I sit at home the night before. I sit at home the night before thinking of like, well, what story should I share with her tomorrow? <sighs> Like, I don't think I have good enough stories. Like, not, not enough happened this week. So it sounds like maybe you have an anxious attachment style. It seems, it seems like I'm such a people pleaser. I'm worried about people pleasing my therapist. <laughs> have you guys worked through people pleasing? 
<laughs> I don't want, I have a new therapist now too. So, and, but, and sometimes I'm on the fence about whether or not I think it's working, but I'm so people please read. I don't want to hurt her feelings and tell her that it's not working. <laughs> so I just sit there. I just, I can't show up every week. <laughs> I really wish I was lying. <laughs> Do you have like, is it a specific type of therapy that you're doing or is it just kind of like basic therapy? It's like mouth I, vomit there's different therapy. styles. It's what? It's like from right now, it's like mouth vomit therapy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because my um, kind of sidekick that comes on the episode, he does like a very specific type of therapy where like it's what? like they go deep into his childhood and they work through like, it's a progressive therapy. Like they're working towards something. Yeah. I'm not so much of that. I feel like I might like some of that. I feel like I might, but I feel like I would then be resentful. Cause like, I definitely have like issues with my parents, but I feel like when they come up, like right when things are good, I'm like, I don't even want to touch that because if I already feel good about my parents right now, I don't want to dig it up. Cause then I'm just going to be resentful, you know? <laughs> So maybe that's what you should bring up to your therapist. Is it weird? Like my old therapist, a very like old therapist, got engaged twice to two different people while we were together, and now the reason we're not like I don't see her anymore is because she got married and moved. So I'm like, oh, what? you managed to find two different people to marry you the entire time we were together, and I have found in, in a zero. in a span of what. Like three years. Wow. She was engaged. Like she was not engaged, got engaged, canceled the engagement, got engaged again, and they got married all in the time that I made, I was working through one breakup. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe it was because she was so in tune with her feelings that she was able to work it through it so quickly. Maybe. I liked her. She was a gem. Oh, yeah. maybe you could do phone sessions with her. I, I could, I could think about it. Do you mind if I ask a little bit about, no, you I said you like had I kept you so off track from anything that you wanted to get done. <laughs> no, you're fine. This is great. Kind of have mentioned a little bit hmm. that it, you went through this breakup. It took you a long time to get over it. What was it about that breakup? Like, when did that happen? Why was that so hard to move on from? I think a couple of things. I also realized that I'm I'm like a hoarder, but like a hoarder of people. So mm. it's very hard for my brain to recognize that how you feel about somebody isn't how you always feel about them. Like, so if I, mm. like, if you were important to me in my life, my brain doesn't let you go, which mm -hmm. I think is like one of those things too, of like, Somebody I went to summer camp with an X amount of years, you know, like 20, 30 years ago in my head, like, I'm still like, oh, but that's, you know, that's Emily from summer camp. Like, of, of course, like, it's very weird to me that somebody that your relationship to people don't, doesn't stay the same. Hmm. Um, so I think that in general is very like hard for me to let go of. Um, I think some of it had to do with like movies I watched growing up. Like every movie was like, you know, they find the love and you can do everything for that one person. And of course, it's like, so kind of waiting for that, like greatest, you know, greatest love, which yep. you know, didn't happen. And I think one of the main reasons it was so hard too, is because of like the what ifs of it, where you know, this, that particular relationship, and I've dated people since I've had like shorter relationships, like since then, but the one like main reason that one and it even made me think about during quarantine because now I'm like, well, now I'm quarantined alone. What if, if I would have 
stayed with that person. So like the what ifs of like, oh, okay, well then I, I would have had, I would have this type of lifestyle and I wouldn't, I, I, this is how I'd be living and this is what would be happening. And you know, all those dangerous what ifs, cause you know, your brain yes. doesn't think of the negatives right. of like, oh yeah, you're only thinking this positive of like, look at this life I'd have, but you know, you don't think of all the things you'd have to give up for that life. Um, yeah. So I think the what ifs got, had me spiraling. I don't know. And then I think probably because again, like it didn't play out like it does in your mind, you know, this like, mm-hmm. you know, real life isn't like the movies where people like will do these grand gestures of things where they're willing to be so vulnerable to make like this, you know, themselves heard and like, you mm-hmm. know, fight for you. And in real life, people just do what's easy for them. Yes, I agree. Okay. So I'm, so I'm divorced. Yeah. Um, how, how long, how many years have you been divorced? So I've been divorced for four okay. now and I was married for eight and a half. Oh, wow. So you got married really yeah. young too. Yes. I was 21. Oh, wow. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, um, so I, it took me a long time. Honestly, I probably feel like it took me three years to really get over it. And my, I asked my therapist, I said, because every time I started dating a new guy, it would all that anxiety from my divorce and what ended up happening and all of that would kind of come up. And I'd be like, I'm just not ready. Like, I'm just not ready. Like I, I feel like I'm ready and nothing's happening and I don't understand. And, and she goes, and I was like, why can't I like, why can't I feel like I'm ever going to be loved again and all this stuff? And she was just like, um, you're ready. It's just, it's hard to move on. It's hard to not have those what ifs until you've created a new relationship with someone. And that's what everybody always says. And I find that to be the hardest part of it. Because I've seen people move on from relationships that were more serious, let's say, than than mine or whatever, or more recently and get into new ones much faster. And it's mind boggling to me. Sometimes like mm-hmm. how my brain, well, my biggest problem too is dating after that breakup was the comparisons, mm-hmm. you know, of like compare and not that, you know, that ex was perfect in any way. There are a lot of issues that I, you know, mm-hmm. dislike. There's a lot of good, obviously. That's why you stay. But my brain was like comparing so much and I could not shake that of like, Mm -hmm. it's it's so hard. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know what it, like, I also don't understand how people can just jump from relationship to relationship. I don't know how people do it. And people say it all the time. They're like, well, the best way is to move on. Like, how do you move on? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, and maybe you and I just have higher expectations of what we're looking for in a partner. I think so too. I think so too. But part of me is like, maybe I should settle. But then also part of me is like, I don't really want to settle. Yeah. I, same. Yeah. I would rather, I would rather be single and happy and sometimes lonely than feel lonely in a relationship. Yeah. And that's how I was feeling in my marriage. And I don't ever like want to feel that again. And even though it was so difficult to break apart from that, like I can realize that wasn't the right person for me. That was not the right track for me. And I just need to like wait until, and it doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be this perfect person, Yeah. but like why settle into a relationship with someone just to settle into a relationship? And I think that's what it, uh, I 
wish I knew even before that relationship because it was actually my first like real serious adult mm. relationship. So there's a lot of things you learn once that's done, but I was already older when I learned it. So like, cause I think I was expecting, you know, that ex to be perfect, you know, mm-hmm. it was, and, and then only afterwards I'm like, Oh yeah. Like it's not the perfect, you know, it can't be waiting for a perfect person. Um, but also, yeah, I don't want to, to settle. Hi, Olive. Nice of you to wake up. Um, oh, isn't she so cute? She is very cute. I like her. <laughs> um, I didn't grow up with, with animals, so I always like other people's pets. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I need other people's pets to like me. That's like... Of course you do, because you're, I'm a you're an animal pleaser, too. I'm just an overall pleaser. It's honestly sometimes to my detriment. Like, I will... The people pleaserness is is insane. But yes, like about like I, the last guy I, we were talking about, like whether or not to settle and whether or not we know something is right. The last person I was dating, I dated for probably about like four ish months. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I realized like neither of us were using terms. I knew we weren't dating anybody else. And I also in my head, like I, I didn't want to have that conversation because I also knew that even if we had the conversation, he said, okay, I think of you as my girlfriend. I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't want to be like, so it was almost like we were putting off the conversation, but I was like, we need to have this conversation, but I don't want to have this conversation. But finally I was like, what are we doing? Like, you know, at this point, if if we, if we already don't know, if we don't feel this and why are we dragging this out? Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Because I think a lot of people stay in something just to stay in it Mm -hmm. versus like having that honest conversation and, for yeah. me, I, ha- I have that conversation probably a little too soon where I'm like, I'll go on like a one or two dates and I'm like, well, I don't know if I see a future. That's why I have to, I have to tell myself and my friends say it too, like, you know, don't get too judgmental too quickly. So I'll, like, I know. I'll give it at least like a few dates, even if like on the first one, unless they obviously like there's huge red flags and you're like, I got to peace out. But mm-hmm. if the person's like decent enough, I'm like, if they, I'll go out on a, on a second one. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I'm like, okay. But yet, meanwhile, being in quarantine, as good a guy as that person was, I'm like, um, how about some quarantine sex? Do you want to at least like hook up? <laughs> like, you don't have to put your lips on my mouth, but you could still go down on me. Wait, the four month guy? Yeah. Is he, are you guys hooking up? No, we haven't. I mean, we're all we're all quarantined, but it's been playing in my mind where I'm like, oh, God, I haven't like, oh, I see if you hadn't have ended it, yeah, yeah. Part of me's like, oh, I could definitely go for some like quarantine sex. <laughs> I know. I was just saying, like, I'm not a big. I can't do casual hookups. Like, it's just, it's not me. It. I feel bad afterwards. Like, I need like emotional connection, but I can do casual like sexting. So I, like, I love sexting. Oh, it's the best, right? So happy. It's so good. It's such a good turn on. Oh, it's, it's like so good. It's like a porn novel for women. I, I swear to God, we could be three sentences in and I'm like, I'm wet. I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's, it's honestly the best. It's the best. It's the best. And it's like, not even like, like, it's funny because the guy that I kind of like talked with it about it, he's like, well, you know, what do you want me to send you photos? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Oh, I love it. I'm like, send them off. Oh, I, if you don't like dick, you like photos. I love dick pics. You do? Oh, I find it to be so fascinating. 
Wait, fascinating in like a way that gets you turned on? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, sometimes. It depends. Like somebody once sent me a dick pic from the toilet and I was like, oh. Um, yeah, dick pics, like any pictures, really. Like, I'm just not a visual. Like, I, you just, I need to send the picture. You tell me how hot I am, and then I'll masturbate. Oh, I'm the opposite. Oh, also because there's never a pretty situation when I'm masturbating. I'm always my ugliest. Like, I'm always disgusting. I'm lying in bed. I look like, I look like a man. And then some person's like, send me a picture of you. And I'm like, how far back in my camera roll do I need to go to find one where I look decent? Like, I've had people be like, can, can we FaceTime? And I was like, well, I'll look at you, but you won't see my face. I've literally been like, we can FaceTime and you can just masturbate and I'll just watch. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so that was a question I had for you is how often do you masturbate? Like a full session wise, not very often. But there's, I'm very much like Al Bundy about it. Like if I'm, if I'm just like sitting around and just like laying in bed, like that'll just be like my go-to while I play games on the phone. Like they'll always just be like, you know, like a little playing while like on the phone and stuff. Um, but like actually going like full on doesn't like happen as often. Okay. I, I'm actually so neurotic. I stop myself. Like I, I sometimes I like won't even let myself like finish. What? Why? Yeah, I get like anxiety and I'm like, that's fine. That's good enough. <laughs> what? It's so mental. It's so mental. I was going to say I need therapy, but I have a therapist. I won't even talk to her. <laughs> Maybe you should bring that up. <laughs> I don't know. What's the right time? In an hour long session, it's like, like how long do you need to bring it up? 15 minutes? Like, what's the. I like how you were like, you know, I see a therapist, but like, it's not really working for me. It's like, you know, I have this thing that I do where like I masturbate and I don't let myself finish. And I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't, I, think it's the Jewish I think it's the idea that like ancestors are watching me. It's re- And I also think it's because I, I don't know, but sometimes I'm like, all right, that's fine. That's good enough. I don't need to see where this goes from here. <laughs> what? But that's the best part. Even in, even in sex, having sex, like I'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I was fine. What? I feel like that was a perfect time for a spit take and you ruined it. <laughs> Except you didn't want to I was ruin it. <laughs> I know. There's too many electronics right here. Um, you know, guilt is real. Like, like I, grew, I grew up very conservative Christian and there was so much guilt growing up with sex before marriage and masturbation and sexuality and not like, you know, I was shamed for wearing spaghetti strap tops. Really? Oh, that was like a very strict upbringing. Very strict. Yeah, not like no by shorts, my parents. No shorts above yeah. your knees. Oh, totally. All Everything like that. So like, yeah, I think, um, and I've actually met some men too that I've dated that have also dealt with like guilt stuff too. So it's kind of an interesting... I wish that, like, I think there's a fine line of, like, exploring your sensuality and being comfortable with your sexuality and then also not using other people. Like, I, okay, so I have a hard time with the hookup culture because I feel like, and mainly on the male side, well, first of all, I believe that no, yes, yeah. And I think it's, because men, I think, can detach from sex so much more easily than women can. And obviously that's not 
the same in every situation. Right. Like I have a girl, I have a girlfriend who is very easily able to detach from sex, but I think it's easier for men to do that. And I just think that there's a lot of using of other people within that hookup culture and it's kind of become the new norm. And I feel like it's a unrealistic expectation on us that we have to be okay with casual sex. And if we're not like something wrong with us. Yeah. I I'm, I'm a dichotomy in that way where my brain my brain doesn't do well with gray in general, like gray area. My Mm -hmm. brain doesn't really do well. So for me, it's either like, if it's someone that I want to be with, then it's like, then I, I, if it's someone I'm dating and I'm with them, I can be, you know, comfortable and completely sexual that way. Or if it's someone that I'm hooking up with and I have absolutely zero desire to date them, then I can, I can detach and like be as like freaky as I want it's that gray area where if like, if I kind of like them, but I don't really know, or this and part of me, like, you know, wants them to like me, even in, even if I know I don't want to date them, but I want them to like me, even though I don't do well with that gray of like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? So I have to have like, either like we're together or I know that like, I don't give a fuck about you. Um, right. Type of deal. Then yeah, like, no. <laughs> Now those both of those times are when I'm the most like un, uninhibited, but it's the gray area. Yes, I agree because I think it's in the gray area where we start to catch feelings when we probably don't need to. Like, and it's where I know I don't want to. I, I'm like, exactly. I know that I'm not sure that interested in you, but I want you to be interested in me. You know? because you have that sexual bonding experience. Yeah. Also, you know where I get the most hooked on someone? If the sex was bad, because I'm upset, <laughs> not because, because part of me is like, do they think it was me? <gasps> like if I had sex and I was like, that was bad. Then I'm like, oh, but like, I can't have them thinking it was my fault. Like this sex <sighs> was bad because of you. So then I become like obsessed with it where I'm like, are they thinking that I'm not good at this? Like, and then I feel this need to like, be like, we're going to need a mulligan. Like we're going to need to do this again because I need proof that like, I need, like, I can't have you sullying my name in the, in the streets. Like we need to make sure that it's understood that the reason this was bad was you. Um, Nikki Glazer, have you seen her Netflix special? No, I haven't watched it. She, she has this. Thing? Very close. So she has this bit about how she has a hard time with casual sex too, and how she'll be hooking up with some guy and his like, his hairy chest is coming out and his gold necklace is like dangling down. And she's like, Oh, I can't believe this. And then he leaves and she's like, Oh, thank God he's gone. And then like the day goes by and she's like, Hmm. I kind of miss his gold necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hear from them afterwards. I'm like, why didn't you call? Like, like that was the thing too. Like they leave, and I'm like, you're not calling me. Exactly, exactly, and that is what it is. Because then it becomes the like. It's not even that we like them. It's like, Mm -hmm. wait a second. Like we're so much better. Like why are you not? Yeah. Like obsessed with me. Oh yeah, I I recently like hooked up with somebody who like we've had like a flirtatious relationship for a bit. I very much knew that I wouldn't date this person, 
but the physical attraction had been there. And it probably, this is like a year coming that we finally like hooked up. It was a drunken hook. Like I didn't have sex in college, but I feel like it's what college sex would have been. I'm like livid that I hadn't really heard from him afterwards. I mean, besides for like a few little Instagram likes here and there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait, why are you, why are you not with her? Like, did you acknowledge that this was you? Yeah. And I don't understand that behavior either of like why someone would hook up with you or go on a date with you. And it seemed like really cool. And then they don't contact you, but they like your pictures. They watch your stories. Like, what is that? I feel like part of me, if I flip it where I'm like, well, maybe they know it wasn't good and they're embarrassed. So they aren't reaching out because they are. Um, and so, or I think like we, or it could also be like people got what they needed out of it. And he's like, Oh, I want to make sure she doesn't think I want to date, but I want to keep it friendly. Cause that's also, I feel like most girls and most guys are always of this in that vein of I I just want to make sure you know we could still be friends after so the liking of the posts is look we're friends we're cool like we're chill there isn't going to be drama when we see each other right um yeah oh I think that's a great interpretation their total way of being like yeah yeah we're cool right we got this we're okay um but (laughs) but not like you know reading into it too much or something right but also like them not wanting to actually like spend time getting to know you but we're cool you're cool and sometimes it's not even someone I would want to have to like exactly get get to know but it's it's that sense of like oh okay sometimes I'm like oh do they think like I take the silence as do they think I was the bad one but then I was like maybe they know they were the bad one and now they're (laughs) bad Or maybe they thought that they, it was amazing, but like you said, they kind of got what they wanted and now they're moving on to the next girl to bless her with their amazing dick. Yeah. With their, <laughs> with their A5 dick. A5, A5 I think is the girl one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, like there's like that one too. It's like, it's so funny because I so didn't care. They were like, oh, did you come? And I was like, no. <laughs> I still didn't care. And I was like, no. And then they still didn't call me. And I was like, oh, you still didn't call me? I'm like, oh, maybe they are embarrassed. I'm not a good liar. So, okay. So have you had any like crazy date stories? Like, have you been on any stories either from online or meeting someone that just kind of stuck out to you? Uh, There's one. This wasn't a recent one. This is actually a long time ago. Uh, But it's one of my favorite. It's also, you know, it's funny. My friends remember more stories than I do. So like a friend will bring up a story and she's like, remember that? This And I'm like, oh, I don't even remember that. I had, it's so crazy. You remember that story. I completely blocked it out of my mind. One of my favorites was, uh, I got set up by a rabbi. So yeah. Wow. I dated a rabbi too. I did a comedy show at a synagogue. I did a comedy show at a synagogue, which not my clientele. It was like, as if everybody who showed up was like, it was like the 80 year old, like senior citizens that were like involved. And it was, I literally disappointed everybody's grandmother that night. It was, I did this show and I, I didn't think I was going to go dirty, but I went a little dirty because they were actually a really fun group of elderly. Okay. So they took it well. They did. And there was like this young, cute rabbi. Um, and I made like a few little jokes, something, something. 
And then he's like, oh, like you, he's, and then I didn't know he was the rabbi. And then he came and talked to me afterwards. So I actually wound up dating the rabbi after doing the show at the synagogue. Wait, are rabbis allowed to date? Yeah. I mean, rabbis get married and they have, you know, uh, families. <laughs> so they are allowed to date. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, how did it go dating the rabbi? I mean, we're not together. <laughs> It was not bad. It was not bad. I think our lifestyles like were different because mm-hmm. I'm also I'm an unusual case because everything my life is very much again I use that word like dichotomy. We're like everything about me is like I curse. I wish you know I I'm like I'm out in the streets. I'm a comic. I have a dirty, filthy mouth. I keep kosher. Like that Jewish holidays are super important to me. I want to make sure my kids are raised Jewish. So like those two things like in, in people's minds like don't go together. Like you keep kosher like. To some people, I'm the most orthodox person they've ever met. To the orthodox mm-hmm. community, I'm like so, you know, secular and not observant. Right. So it's right. always like straddling that. So um, I think it was fine-ish. We only went out like a couple of times. Um, okay. And it was around New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, hey, New Year's Eve happened to fall on the Sabbath. And I was invited to a New Year's party. And I sa- I think I left him a voicemail where I was like, hey, like I'm pretty sure you won't come because I know it's on Sabbath, but I didn't want you to think you weren't invited. So I was invited to this, you know, New Year's Eve party. If you'd like to come, let me know. And I think the idea that I didn't keep Sabbath, like he was like, I don't. That was a deal breaker for him. It. Meanwhile, I'm someone who I'm open to being like, I would be a little bit more observant. So if I married someone who was Sabbath observant, I would maybe do that. But we didn't discuss that. Like it had never come up. I think he had right. just made the assumption like this won't work and, and peaced out. Maybe. Yeah. But wow. That wasn't going to be the story. Okay. So this is a different rabbi. Yeah. But tell me what you were going to say about it. I don't know. Oh, well I was going to say that I relate to that so much because I would call myself a Christian, but I am not your typical Christian. But I, I would love to be with a guy who, also had kind of those core beliefs that I did, but I also lived my life very like, I don't want to follow the, the law. Like I don't want to follow a law. Yeah. Because I don't like, I just think differently about it now. And I mean, I don't want to give, you know, a a Bible lesson, (laughs) but you know, I mean like ultimately what I believe is we are called to love. right? Right. And I think the church has taken a lot of different things and kind of mushed out the love part and, and covered it with law. And so I would love to be with someone who connects with me on that. But the, the truth is, is of it, but not, yes. right. but the truth it's is, is exactly most Christian guys would never date me. Like never, like I'm not Christian enough because I feel like, and it's a lot of Christians that I've met. And I, I, I used to think that, I don't think Jews are the only ones with this because I feel like maybe with Christianity is maybe a little bit more of that now, or maybe it's just in, in LA where we live that we see a little bit more of it. I feel like Judaism as a whole has always been better as a buffet religion than most of the others. Cause like Judaism is always like people run the gauntlet where it's like, or run the gamut. What would be the expression? I don't know. The gamut where like, I call it like, like I call it smorgasbord religion or like cafeteria religion where Jews are like, yeah, I'll take a little bit of that. Nah, I don't really do that. Uh, yeah, I'll observe this. I'll follow that. Nah, skip that part. 
like you know like we kind of go through with the plate and we like do the charcuterie board okay you can make it a charcuterie <laughs> mine was smorgasbord yours is charcuterie but like i feel like Jews <laughs> as a whole, our religion has always been i guess better at that where it's like you kind of pick the things you want to do and you can leave behind the others in LA, I've noticed some Christians that are, are good like that. Like, oh, I do some of this. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with I'm okay with the gays. I'm not mm-hmm. okay with this. I'm I'm all right with this, but I, you know, I have to take I have to go to church on Sunday. So maybe more and more other religions are coming around to that. Because I, I know if I meet like a Muslim friend of mine and they eat pork, it shocks my brain. Where meanwhile, I'm like, Jackie, how many Jews do you know that eat pork? You know, but like we kind of accept that the Jews do it. But like if you see other religions that do cafeteria right. religion, sometimes it's more like shocking because it's not usually the case. Like if you hear of right. someone saying that they're a Christian, your brain immediately assumes that they are like, you know, the judgmental, like, you know, yes, Bible pushing Christian and mm-hmm. not, you know, the same thing with like a Muslim. If I hear someone's a Muslim and I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like, how are you? When I'm like, Jackie, you're Jewish and you don't, you're wearing pants. Yeah. And it's just the, you know, it's just the whole thing of like, if you look at at liberals versus conservatives, like there's going to be extreme liberals that is kind of like, that's what the conservatives see are the extreme liberals. And then there's extreme conservatives. And it's like, that's what the, you know, the liberal seat is this extreme. And so there's going to be extreme with any religion, with any political thing. And it's like, but it, that doesn't fit the stereotype of, of everyone. So that's why I'm even say like on the dating apps, or I guess I will list Christian, but when people ask me like, Oh, are you Christian? I don't, I usually don't even say I am because the, you have it as like Christian spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. It's kind of, we we went kind of deep. Okay. So go back to this bad date. Oh yeah. So this, I got set up by a rabbi, a different rabbi. Um, you got stood up? No, I got set up. Oh, you got so set up. Rabbi, oh, by a rabbi. Okay. Yeah. It was actually, and it's a rabbi I very much like really do like love and respect. Um, I have some Orthodox cousins that live in the Beverly Hills area. So when I actually do go to services, I would go to their synagogue and that's one of their rabbis. And he's an, a very awesome person. I call him Rabbi Gabe. Rabbi Gabe. He was like, I have someone I want to set you up with. He's a magician. So of course, because if I'm a comedian, because of course, like in his mind, it made perfect sense. This right. like comedian and magician. And so, I mean, we go on the, I go on the date. It's not great. Like, you know, you just, you see someone immediately and you're like, nah, this is not like, you're not for me. Well, I, I mean, what did you think though, when he said magician in the first place? That's where sometimes part of me is like, who am I that I'm poo-pooing this magician? Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comic. Like the guy could be having the exact same reaction to me, you know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. Okay, I'm like being so elitist about <laughs> like my entertainment. Um, but anyway, so he, I, I, mean, I already knew, but also out of respect for Rabbi Gabe, I'm like, I'll stay on this date. Let's do this. We we make it through one drink. It's fine. It wasn't. It wasn't great. Uh, and he's like, I think he was like, Do you want to see a trick? I'm like, Sure. <laughs> he like does a trick at the table and when he does that it's like what how do you respond like the only thing i could do is like almost like a proud parent i'm like, like yay <laughs> good job like like what are you saying what else are you supposed to do like be like oh you're embarrassing me so i'm like yay so it was about like so then i thought we were done like we did the one drink i don't think either of us were feeling it 
And then he's like, oh, do you want another drink? And I was like, I didn't. I honestly really wanted to leave. I think I had wanted to go to like a show that night or go hit up like one of the comedy clubs. But again, I'm like, out of respect, if he's asking me like a fine, I'll, I'll stay for this, you know, I've committed. Well, you're a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. Didn't want to get back to Rabbi Gabe that I was rude. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to set me up on any more great dates if uh, word gets back. Um, so I said yes to a second drink. We're drinking. I go and I go to the, I leave for the bathroom and I come back and he now has his cards out again. So he does like another trick and I'm like, fine, this is happening. But the greatest trick that he did that night was when the bill came and he made money from my wallet disappear because we split the check. What? And I was like, I didn't even want to stay for the second drink. The only reason I stayed was to be polite. And now I'm paying for the fucking second drink I never even wanted to begin with. What? Yeah. So Um, he asked, it was a setup. And then he asked you to stay for a second drink and then he made you pay for it. Because I did the polite thing of like, oh, did you want me to, did you want to split it? And he was like, okay. (laughs) So now I actually never, I don't even ask that anymore on a first date. All I do is I sit there, we have, we finish our thing and I go, well, thank you very much. This was really nice. Like when the check comes, I don't even look at it. I'm like, I'm not like a bitch about it where I'm like, "Mm," like this is yours, but I just go, thank you so much for dinner. Or I say, oh, did you want me to pretend to reach for my wallet? Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that so much. I want to use that. I'm like, oh, did you want me to pretend to offer to pay? And then usually they're like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm like, okay, thanks. I like that a lot. I know if you're a male and you're listening, and this is not every woman, because I think some women do prefer to pay or pay half. I'm not that way. Who are these people? I know. And then they put it as a I don't know. Post, like, don't put that into people's heads. No, I agree. That's going to happen. I oh. agree. I'm like very traditional in terms of like men should be opening my doors and paying for meals or whatever. But like, if you're a guy and you're on a date with a girl and she's like, Hey, you know, she starts to pull out her card, say no. It's like the sexiest thing you can do is be like, no, I got this. Yeah. And what I will do, and, and, and as a disclaimer to that, it's not like sit here and take care of me like a queen, but like if we're Absolutely. in this, this wooing period, woo me. Like make exactly. Also, it's a way of like showing us like, hey, guess what? Like I'll be able, I'm a provider. I feel like <laughs> subliminally, it's a thing of like, I provide, you know, as long as the girl's not taking advantage of you and ordering like every damn thing yes, on the menu. I agree sat there and had a normal regular meal that was like and everything was a nice even exchange you know and you could tell you're not with like a gold digger then just pay for the meal because a lot of times if it goes somewhere else afterwards like if like the date continues to a second location for like a drink or for dessert I'll usually offer them to pay that where I'm like oh can I take you that for dessert or can I all right like can I then do you want to go for a drink can I take you for a drink or something you know same yeah I totally agree yeah. Well, I have some speed question rounds okay. or speed. So I, I have a single question that you wanted to ask out. Have I? No, it's been great. Okay. It's live <laughs> but, so, no. <laughs> you, this is called a your speed. Means everything to me. Okay. Are you ready? I hope so. Oh, wait, hold on. Some of, some of these I already asked. 
Oh, no, no, no. Um, okay. So basically, I mean, you don't have to answer these super fast, but I have quite a few of them. What, um, in terms of like the comedian life, do you deal with a lot of people who are like using drugs, uh, drinking a lot of alcohol? Like, is that pretty prevalent within that lifestyle? I think yay and nay. I think there are people who are really heavy drug users because I've never been one. I'm not usually around it. So I actually okay. don't see a lot of that. Um, I think like, I sometimes don't even know what's happening until someone's like, oh yeah, those, they were high. And I'm like, oh, I know, I wouldn't know that. Like, I don't even know what the signs are. Like, they're like, you didn't see their mouth. Moving. And I'm like, no, I didn't know what that meant. I just thought they had an itch. I tend to know most of the ones that are like sober. Like, I feel like okay. what the drugs were to comedy in like the eighties is like being sober now. Like now everyone's like, did you see my hike? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like everyone is so like, it's so healthy now. Like honestly, sometimes I wish I was an addict because I feel like the best places for networking now in LA are AA meetings. Like everybody networks in AA meetings. And I wish I had a bike because then I would have net, I'd have a Netflix special if only I was addicted to cocaine. Well, can you go to like a people pleasing like anonymous? Oh. It would just be all of us just yes ending people. It's pretty much an improv class because it's just everybody yes ending each other. <laughs> okay, next question. When you have a crush, do you watch their Instagram stories? I'm not, I'm not on, I don't follow a lot of people. So it's very hard for, I don't actually see a lot of people's Instagram stories. Okay. Um, I, I do sometimes. I mean, yeah, I'm much more of a deeper, a deeper snoop than like an Instagram story. Oh, you're like a legit oh, I'll stalker. Go, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go deep. Oh, I'll, you and I are going to be I'll good go friends. <laughs> because like, or like if I saw someone on an Instagram story and like someone so much as like poked a head in from the side, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to find him. Oh, 12 hours later, I know like the girl's social security number, where she grew up, what her first dog was. I can like, I can hack because I know her first pet. I can like hack all of her bank statements. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I love be, it. I would honestly, I'd be a spy. <laughs> I should, I I, well, since, since, you know, everything is the government's watching us at all times. If you guys need a hacker, a spy, I am great at finding out people's information. Hire Jackie. She's available during yeah, the quarantine. This is my Kermit the Frog. That's none of my business sip. At what age did you lose your There virginity? was alcohol in that coffee too. <laughs> there was. I mixed it with Kahlua. Oh, you did? did. It was really good. I was 20, almost 21. Okay. And it wasn't like boyfriend or? It was honestly, it was a very movie moment. It was very, which works because we, as we talked about when we started this podcast four and a half hours ago, um, (laughs) are you making this a mini series? Like how, how many episodes is this going to be? It'll be great. This is the new addition to like horror stories. This is, a, this is a yeah this is a full mini series um we talked about like how i watched because like we i thought everything was going to be like the movies so this actually was very quintessential like losing my virginity movie moment i moved out here i moved to la when i was 20 so i moved out here i was mm-hmm. a boy gym and one of my cousins because everybody else my age was in college so my cousin was like oh my friend has a younger brother your age why don't you meet up with him he goes to UCLA I'm like okay cool 
So one of them just as friends, like to begin with, we were friends, we were friends, we were friends. Um, and then we were like watching a movie one night about a guy who loses his virginity, like to a friend of his too. And it was weird. And we we're like laying on the couch, but like, you could feel like the energy in the room was like leading to this where I knew that. Cause I was like laying on his lap while we watched the movie. And I knew that like, if I turned around, like it, was it would happen. happen. Yes. I mean, the end, the energy was just palpable. And I think like in my head it was one of those moments where it's like you watching you, you know, it's like, you're watching yourself from an you know, outer body experience. Yes. And I just, I think as I, you know what, I, I tear, I think a tear <laughs> as I laid on his lap. Because how often in your life do you recognize like, this is the moment. This is the moment. My <laughs> final day. <laughs> like, I, like my brain knew that, that oh was the gosh. moment. And like a tear, I remember rolled down and I looked at the never <laughs> I also think my life's a movie. Um, I don't even have the lead role. I'm just in this movie. And I'm not even in the lead role. You're the um, funny friend. I'm Kimmy Gibbler in my own life story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like slowly turned. And like we had never hooked up before that. We had never like kissed or anything. So we started like kissing, making out. And then like, I think there was even like a, like a, sh like, should we do this? <laughs> type of thing and we went into my bedroom and I had like a twin size bed that was like on wheels um, oh my gosh because I just moved here so I like collected whatever furniture people yeah. gave me. it was like this like bed that was like propped up on like wheels the moonlight was coming through the room it was like all everything was like blue lit right and like we had started and I remember like he looked at me or something it was like like should I or like should like should we do this we're like okay and he was like are you okay I was like I'm okay <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, like it was, uh, and yeah, and that was that was it. And then he was like, that's my really sweet. Like, yeah, he was like my boyfriend. We dated for like a few months after that, and had like an extremely dramatic like movie breakup. <laughs> of course, that was it. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like you got the whole movie in like the course of a few months. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah, great, yeah. that's a great loss of virginity story. You no, know, it really was. And I remember like, even, I remember once telling it to my mom. Cause I was like, Oh, I have a boyfriend. She's like, okay. And then something, and she was like, well, da, da, da. she was like saying something. My parents are very old fashioned. So like, it's not like we're like friends or I'm like, guess who's dick. Um, right. So, um, we were like talking about something and she's like, well, da, 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 and something about, and I was like, mom, I was like, I, did have sex with him and she's like well I, I just hope that means he's someone really special <laughs> um but yeah so that was it 2021 I have never actually ever opened up to my mother about like I've never been like yeah I had sex with him but I did show her my thirst chat videos <laughs> I feel like at this point my parents just have to assume because it's like my mom has come to my comedy shows so she has heard me perform. And one of the first jokes I ever wrote was like, so I watch a lot of porn. <laughs> and I will say to my mom's credit, like I sent her like a video of one of my first performances and she like made her Mahjong group watch it. She like her book club. And it's me being like, I watch porn. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so funny. For everybody. I love that. That's like it's great mom support. When my album came out, like my, my parents are, are still in New York. So my mom had, my mom, like, I think kept like about 10 or so of them. And she was like, any neighbor that she would see walking down the street, she'd stop and be like, Jackie has an album. You want to buy a copy? 
Oh, that's so cute. I love that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, we're going to wrap up just because my computer's going to die. <laughs> Do you have any like last like things that you want to say to my listeners or like, if they're still listening, um, <laughs> I would like to say hi. Thanks for making me through our own personal Vietnam. Um, <laughs> Yeah, follow me, please. Uh, I need as many thirst trap followers as I can get for my Corona outfit diaries. So on Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook, it's just Jackie Gold, uh, and you'll actually okay. see my album cover as like the the photo on Instagram because I'm not the first option that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like a white photo and it's like a tape measure to my mouth. It's whatever. So that's me on okay. Twitter. It's I am Jackie Gold. And I'm so afraid. Okay. And Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E. Yeah, I'm not a maniac. It's J-A-C-K-I-E-G-O-L-D, Gold. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I will also plug you on my Instagram. So my listeners, so you guys can find Jackie through me as well. And you. you can go listen to her album and yeah. follow her on Instagram. And you can check in on all of her latest quarantine yeah, outfits. Please. And like you can stream it on anything that you want. Obviously, if you want to buy it, all the more better. I would love whatever 14 cents comes from the actual <laughs> download. I love it. Um, but if you do listen to it, I actually recommend I taped it live. So I actually recommend listening in oh. order. Not that it really matters, okay. but um, I do recommend listening in order. Um, if not, the beginnings and the ends are my are my favorite jokes. So if you want to skip the middle, that's okay too. No, they can. Hi, we're in quarantine. Right, listen to the whole thing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. This was a pleasure. This was a treat. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Jackie, for coming on. That was so much fun. Uh, Let's do it again sometime. (laughs) But right now I have my sister next to me. We are going to end this episode with a new segment called Netflix and Chillantine. (laughs) My sister is like the... Uh, queen of Netflix. I am. I have never met someone who watches as much Netflix as you watch. <laughs> In a row. In a Yeah. Oh, yeah. binge. Totally. Yeah. 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 Like you get into a show and it's done in like 48 hours. <laughs> That's true. And you're a mom and you work full time. So I don't even know how you do it. It, 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 it happens at night. <laughs> Instead of sleep. <laughs> so... First of all, what are some of your favorite shows that you've been watching? Oh, see, I don't even remember after I watch them. They're, what? They're totally out you of can't, my mind. Like, you can't think of one show that <laughs> um, pops into your head. Well, the most recent one that I binge watched in like a day or two, and I can't even think of the name of it. <laughs> I can't think of the name. Someone's playlist. It's always... Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, I think is what it was called. Okay, so well, what was it about? Oh, gosh. It, it sounds like it really impacted your life. <laughs> it, it more just helped me pass the time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so the show essentially is about uh, a girl that 
she's getting a CAT scan, and when she's getting the CAT scan, there's a huge earthquake. And after that earthquake, suddenly she has the ability to hear people's deepest inner thoughts, but she doesn't hear them in the form of thoughts. She hears them in the form of a live musical performance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you and these musical shows. Well, I like the combination of supernatural power and music. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like Disney. It actually Like adult Disney movies. adult Disney. It's great. (laughs) Well, I polled on Instagram and asked you guys what you were watching. It's the most responses I've ever received. (laughs) So I'm just going to read a few um, to give you guys some ideas of what to watch if you haven't watched these. So Ozark, I mentioned that earlier in my episode. So, so good. So you watch Ozark. Breaking Bad. That's a great one. one. The Stranger. Have you heard of The Stranger? I haven't. I haven't either. Uh, Dirty John was great. That was kind of really creepy. It don't was, watch that yeah, before you go to bed. Don't watch it by yourself. Since <laughs> eight, I haven't heard of that one. Since eight, um, Tiger King, so good. But if you have a hard time with seeing animals like not really treated well, you probably don't want to watch it. I won't be watching that one. Uh, Community, Unorthodox, Grey's Anatomy. And then the, oh, The Outlander, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. I haven't seen any of those. Mm-hmm. And then the overwhelming response was Shit's Creek. Oh. So both my sister and I have started Shit's Creek and haven't been able to get past like the first four episodes. But I think we need to, I think we need to give it another try. It's a little Maybe. slapsticky. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which isn't totally my... It's not mine either. Which is kind of ironic since I grew up on I Love Lucy and and loved I Love Lucy. Right. Oh, yeah. Totally. I think we need to give it a go. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So then the other thing that I pulled was what was your most embarrassing thing that you've ever watched on Netflix? Embarrassing thing? Yeah. Like something that maybe you wouldn't want to like admit that you've watched. (laughs) Wow. You are really tired. I'm so tired. I'm like... (laughs) How did it make you feel embarrassed? Okay, so the first one was The Circle, which I've heard is horrible. Really? I I heard people talking about it on the Love is Blind Facebook chat. Yeah. Oh, hey, if you need another show, check out The Circle. It's really good. And then I heard not great reviews about it. But it's probably like a dirty pleasure. Or, no, a guilty pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe now that too. Also tired. <laughs> well, that would lead into the next one, which is the porn documentary. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's a. I mean, uh, listen to right. each his own, you know, or her own. It's documentary. Very educational. Yes. Um, Love is blind. I don't think that's anything you should be ashamed no of. No embarrassment at all. on that my one, part. Oh, <laughs> totally love. Oh, that you show. deep. We deep dove Ooh, into yeah. Love is Blind. Like I follow. We follow. All of them on Instagram. We're <laughs> we in do. a Love is Blind group on Facebook. I've made a post in the Love is Blind. I mean, it's, yeah, we're we're way into that. Yeah. So nothing to be embarrassed Definitely of. Definitely fan clothing. Um, and then someone wrote the Taylor Swift documentary, yeah. which also, don't be embarrassed of that. That's a great documentary. It was great. I loved it. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no shame. No shame at all. At least on our part. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not really a documentary person, but the Taylor Swift documentary, the Tiger King documentary, it's like so good. I actually also really like the Jonas Brothers. This isn't Netflix, though. 
That was Prime. Oh, the yeah. Jonas Brothers ne- documentary. Um, was this really is good. called Netflix okay, and Chilentine. Not. <laughs> we'll do another. Not Maybe we can do another Prime and COVID teen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, next Sorry, time, Prime. next time Krista comes on, we'll do a sequel <laughs> that includes Prime and Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I think that's it. Unless you have any last Netflix recommendations. I mean, you could barely remember the last show that you watched, so. Oh, see. No. What? That show I talked about, it's not on Netflix. Oh, no. (laughs) It's on Hulu. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, this is my, there's my sister for you. (laughs) Not exactly paying attention to the details at this moment. (laughs) You work really hard. I do. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I also stay up all night watching. (laughs) Which is maybe. (laughs) Make sure to follow me on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast or at underscore Leanna Joan. You can find me at Twitter, hello underscore by underscore pod. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, the H&G Hive. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thank you again to Jackie and Krista, and I will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>